Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. And amen. How many excited to be in the house this morning? You, you feel good? Everybody warm enough? Nobody? Everybody's good? Might be snow tonight? <laughs> Say, what? Somebody from up north just said, hey, wait a minute. I just came from all that mess, that white mess. How many knows it'd be kind of nice just to see a little white substance drop from the sky? Amen. Amen. But don't hang out too long because the lizards over in Gainesville, they can't handle the temperature change. All right, so let's just dive right into today's talk. See how I just jumped right out that, that hot boiling water right there? Just had to get right on out of that. I want to give you the title of today's message right off the jump, all right? And so if you're taking notes, I want you to, I'm just telling you, there's been so many things going on this week for us personally, for the ministry, for, for people that they're, you're sitting in. There. There's been things that have happened this week, and it is by no coincidence that distractions have showed up in all of our lives this week because we actually taught on distractions last week. And on top of that, we're in the middle of a 21-day fast coming down the home stretch. Thank you, Jesus. I got a steak night, date night already on the calendar. We going to hook it up. In Jesus' name. So if you're wondering what Pastor B was fasting, red meat was one of those things because that is my weakness. And let me just tell you, if I have one more piece of fish or one more piece of chicken, I'm telling you, and I'm tired of eating like a rabbit, lettuce food, rabbit food is not for me. (laughs) Anybody else? Anyway, but it's no coincidence, and so I know that God is going to do something. He's going to say something in this place today that is going to transform your life. I believe it. So let me give you today's title. The talk is simply this. God has enough for you. God has enough for you. Let's just say that together, but say for me. God has enough for me. God has enough for me. And what's so crazy is that every one of us in this room said the exact same thing. And that means I'm confident in saying that he has everything that all of us need. And not just in this church. The church is in our area. The church is in our nation. The church is around the world. God has so much. He can handle it all at one time. So whatever you need, don't be afraid to say, God, but there's so, so much we got. We can't say, God, I, I need this and I want this, but we're not making him a priority in other areas. And, and Adam's touched on that. I'm just saying, because sometimes we get so jaded. Well, maybe God isn't, he's not working in my favor, but you got to look and go, is he really a priority? Maybe I should, maybe, I, maybe I'll talk next week on, on walking in God's favor. Maybe, that, maybe we need to understand what that looks like because we all want to be blessed. We all want those things. We all want to walk in good health. We all want the favor of God, but we need to make sure we're, we're in tune of Scripture and finding out what it takes to walk in divine favor. So if you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go to the book of Luke chapter 15. This is going to be a story that is very familiar to you. Specifically, um, there's going to be three small stories. Excuse me. That we're going to look at the, <clears throat> the final one is going to be one that you're all very familiar with. And I just believe that familiar, familiarity breeds contentment. In other words, if it's an area that you're familiar with, if you're comfortable with, if that's your, your casual resting place, it's hard for, because a lot of times in what God wants to do in our life and a lot of times in, for us to experience the favor of God, he's trying to get us to move out of our comfort zone. 
So this is a story that you've probably heard. I know I've heard it all my life, raised in church and VBS and Sunday school and all those great, those great resources. But the more familiar I am with the story, the less likely that story has the ability to move me and impact my life. Come on, somebody. The more you think you know about something, the less likely you're to remain open that God can actually show you something else. That's why every time I read the scripture or I read a story, a lot of times I'll see it in another way that I've never seen before. Have you ever watched a movie and, and you watched it one time, then you go back and watch it again and you actually saw something you've never seen before? You know what caused you to actually not see that the first time? You got, you got distracted. And so that's why it, that's, and let me say this, and I heard Amy talking about the fast, and, and, and let me say this, be, be, even, even, <laughs> even for red meat, because I know I, I, gotta, I, have to, I have to swallow the same thing that God is telling all of us in the room today, but don't be quick to go back to the things that you fast. I remember one, time, one fast, because y'all know my love for Krispy Kreme, right? Y'all know. Pastor B loves that side of Gainesville. Only for that little store with the red light, Krispy Kreme. I remember one fast that I, I, I was fasting sweets and other things. And, and I remember somebody gave me, within the ministry, gave me a book of coupons. And as soon as the fast was over, I went straight to Gainesville. The day we broke the fast, and I got like a whole dozen. And I ate half that dozen before I ever got back home. That was not good for my belly. Hmm? It's the same thing. When we remove things and say, God, I'm willing to give this thing up so that I can get closer to you, don't be quick to run back to the very thing. It might not be good for your soul. It might be good for your belly for a moment, but it may not last. So just pray about how you edge yourself back in. Okay, let me keep moving. That wasn't even part of it. The more familiar I am with the story, the less likely I'm able to see that maybe I'm the person in the story. Wow. I'm talking about the prodigal son. Now, the only difference in today's talk or today's message is I'm not going to be preaching to you about the son in the story. And what I said, I can see things differently. And matter of fact, I've actually preached sermons before on both sons because there's two sons in that story. And I've talked about the prodigal son, and I've also talked about the older son who actually remained at the house. And, and, and some of us, all of us in this room, have been either one or the other or sometimes both. We've, either, we've all been the prodigal son. And sometimes we've also been the one that remains in the house. And this is we got to be cautious as the church because we've been the one been faithful. We've been the one wiping babies' bottoms in the back. And we've been the one emptying trash. And, and they came out, but then when we... Somebody, somebody, somebody who's been strayed from God or running away from God comes in the house. We celebrate them and then it leaves the older brother jealous because he's been there the whole time. Who am I talking to, church? Amen. We've all been the prodigal son or daughter. And if we're not careful, we'll also be the older. But I don't want to talk about the sons today. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about the dad. So if, are you there, Luke chapter 15. Before we start reading, I want to give you just a little backdrop of the surrounding story because there's three separate stories in here. And as we look at the full picture of what's happening in Luke chapter 15, we see some characters. Nudge your neighbor and tell them, say, you a character. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all, y'all got that husband to be trying to tell jokes when it ain't even funny. You know, them dad jokes. I tell them all the time. Anzie's like, really, dad? Really? You such a character. So, so on one side uh, of this story, we see, we see the sinners, and, and these are the people who have fallen short 
of uh, falling short of the standard of God, and, and they're labeled as sinners. These are the cheaters, the drunkards, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and, you know, people that actually root for the Florida Gators. Sinners. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see. I only threw that in there because I wanted to make sure I didn't lose y'all right at the very beginning of the message. On the other side from the sinners is a group of people, and they're called the religious category. These are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know why they call them Sadducees? Because they're sad, you see. Pastor joke, sorry. (laughs) And Ansley's back there going, really, Dad? Sorry, I just got to keep it real. These would be the people that studied the Scripture all of their life. They memorized all the laws and regulations, and they wore these big drapery robes, and and they had the tassels that identified them as someone who speaks on behalf of God. Then there's the center of the discussion. See, the devil don't like when I start talking about the people that he, he plays as a puppet even in God's house called the church. He don't like that when you expose Okay, so let me keep on going. And then at the center of this discussion, it, we see Jesus. And what's happened is Jesus is often, uh, often hangs out with, with sinners. Jesus often hangs out with people on that side of town. And one day the religious people approached Jesus' disciples, and, and, and they said, how is it that your teacher always hangs out with them? Or them. The sinners are on this side. Sorry. How is it that your teacher always is hanging out with them? And I've always found it interesting at how sinners actually felt more comfortable around Jesus than than they did the people who actually were speaking on God's behalf. Interesting. How people, and how does that show up today? How people don't feel comfortable coming in the doors of the church. So one day the religious people approached their disciples and, and asked the question, how, how come it is that he always is with them? Everybody say them. So Jesus, being the OG that he is, always takes an opportunity to correct the thinking of those religious scholars, I like to call them characters, any chance he gets. So in Luke 15, Jesus drops in on the scene and, and is basically like, since, since you've got all these questions, how many knows you don't have to say anything? God already knows it before you thought it. Because it was inside. I don't want to skip to the end of the message. There's something right there, and I'll have to come back around to it. But he, he, he's standing there, and he says, I know what you're thinking, so let me tell you a story. And it starts with this. This is the first story. If you had 100 sheep and one sheep got lost, wouldn't you leave the 99 and go search for the one until you found it? And then when you found it, wouldn't you put it on your back, carry it back to your homestead and tell all your family and friends, hey, I found it, I found it, lost sheep. Jesus tells them in that moment that there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner, that's somebody who repents and returns to God, than 99 of us other people who try to portray and act like we got it all together. Oh, me. The religious people still didn't get it. So Jesus told him another story. He said, suppose you're a woman and you lost, you had 10 coins and you lost one. Now, I love the doctrine of Jesus because he puts right on display how women lose everything. (laughs) Man, you are messing today. Talking about the lizards. Now you're talking about the truth of how I lose stuff. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
He said, what if I lost, what if you lost a coin? Wouldn't you search the whole, the whole living room, flipping up the couches and pulling everything off, finding stuff that you didn't even know was there, like the TV remote, huh? Come on, somebody ever lost it, didn't know where it was? It was right where you left it. And then when you, and then, and then, and then you're getting mad at your husband. I'm trying to break this down to today, what it, what it looks like in your house, in my house. Then, then she gets mad at the husband because he's sitting there oblivious to the fact that she's flipping over, flipping over cushions, trying to find the lost. And then she's yelling at the kids. Hey, y'all t- turn it down in there. I'm tr- I can't concentrate. I need some silence. I'm trying to find it. And then she finds it and she calls up all her friends. Hey, I found the lost coin. I found some money. We got to go hit up that one-day sale at Hobby Lobby. Y'all know that's a lie? Because there ain't one-day sale. There's every day's a sale at Hobby Lobby. Come on. Where my ladies at? I'm trying to feel back the love here. It's true. <laughs> the religious people still didn't get it. And so Jesus had to tell them another story. And I want you to remember this for the next few moments. All three of these stories are fake stories including the one of the prodigal son. It's not a real story. Jesus is telling a story to talk about another story. He's using a fake story to talk about a real life story. He's using fake characters to talk about the characters in the story of life. So we jump right into Luke 15. This is where we're going to pick up that story, Luke 15, verse 11. And it says this. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them, This story, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. Essentially what he was saying is, Dad, I wish you were dead. It wasn't, Dad, give me some money and we'll still be good. Basically what he was saying is, remember this is a fake story, identifying a real life story, and we are those characters. I don't want your covering, Dad. I don't want your correction. I don't need your wisdom, and I don't need your, vo- your, your advice. I just, really, I just really believe without you, my life would still be okay. Instead of waiting till you die, let's just act like you're dead now. Just give me what's already going to be mine. You've already let, Go ahead and let me have it, Dad. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 12. The younger son said to his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between both sons. So both sons got the inheritance. Both sons got the inheritance. Remember, Jesus is telling a fake story to tell us a story that is real. And in this story, Jesus is trying to get you and I to understand there are two sons. The fake story is about an older brother and a younger brother. The older brother is the religious group of today. The younger brother is the prodigal son, where every one of us have found ourselves. And the dad represents God in heaven. Now, if you continue reading this story, you'll see that dad didn't die. And he still had to take care of his servants. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have no servants. Somebody said, what are you trying to, I'm trying to get you to understand the picture of this dad was loaded. I mean, he had servants. We try to still get Ansley Grace to do some chores around the house. Come on, where's all my my parents at? And we had all three of them in the house. We was trying to, we didn't have servants, we got girls. There's a little, look, well, no, never mind. Ansley likes to call herself Cinderella. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's a mess. We got a text just the other day. Can we, can we talk about this cleaning the house thing? Can we, can we, can we, can we just do it every other, other weekend? <laughs> Everybody say servants. For all the parents, I know that sounded funny, but we don't look at our kids at what they can do for us. We look at our kids at what we can do for them and what we can instill in them and what we can invest in them. I don't know about you, but I've had people over the course of my life invest in me. Somebody say, man, you stand there so bold. Ah, standing here is hard sometimes. And anytime you feel like giving up, you're basically casting away all the time and all the people and the time that they invested into you. That's just for those who have entertained the thought of this is just too much pressure. It would be better off just to walk away and just live my life. I'm talking to the man in the mirror, me. If we were to read between the lines, what Jesus was essentially saying in this story is, the dad has enough to give everything away and still take care of the house. That's how much God has. And what Jesus is saying to us today is I'm not limited, I have enough. Maybe you want to write that down. God is saying, I'm not limited, I have enough. Let's continue to read, verse 13. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, took his inheritance, and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, insert sound effects, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him, get a, get, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. How many know that sandals, servants don't wear sandals? We're talking about the status of who, of who his son was and how, how the father still look, looked at his son. He said, go get sandals. Servants didn't wear sandals. Son wore sandals. He said, and then he goes on and says, and kill the calf, which we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. Sometimes it's only the decision that we make. It was the decisions that we make that actually cause our our spirit man and our flesh to die. It's the same decisions that we can make. How do I get back to a place where I'm alive? Make the right decision. You don't like where you are? Stop making the same decisions. Father, I need you. (sighs) 
For the son was dead and is now returned to life. He, lo- he was lost, but now he is found. Let the party begin. In today's terms, DJ, light it up. Get the tunes going. See, that's what the problem with the church. When somebody comes in and they start make, getting, making changes to try to get things right, we sit there, hmm, that's great. That's lovely. You know who does that? The older brother who's been there the whole time. Man, we should, ah, I, I could just, just move that whole, that whole section right there. Man, we should be moving stuff around going, they're in the house. They've been making bad. We don't care about the decisions you made. It doesn't matter. You just get back to the house. And church, what's our responsibility? Just start moving stuff out of the way. You just man, we're going to celebrate. DJ, play that music. Oh, that's patty cake. Come on, we got to get right. There are people who have been doing stuff, smoking stuff, snorting stuff, shooting stuff. Come on now. We don't need to know what they've been doing. But when God sees them walk into this house, there's already a celebration going on. And if you're not connected to it, you're dead. Ah, I don't like this pastor. I'm just telling you the truth. We should have no excuse. We don't get it because we're not connected. When they walk in the doors, there's already a celebration going off in heaven. It should be, man, cancel, cancel the worship, cancel it all. We're celebrating one, one. I knew this was going to be good because the devil has been on me this week. I'm not talking about me. I know that he's been on you. I've been hearing the stories. People trying to get to church, they stop at Walmart, got a flat tire or whatever. I don't remember how the story went. I'll be coming up with stuff. But it happened today. Somebody who's trying to serve can't even get here. They're here. They made a way. Oh, man, I got to calm down. The dad had enough to give, give it away and still take care of the house. Same is true with our father. What Jesus is saying is God has enough. That's what he's, that's what he's saying to, the, to these characters. That's what he's saying to these characters in this room today. I got enough. He was trying to paint this picture to say, I know you think God, I know that you think you know God, all of you who are dressed in your stuff. I know that you think you know God because you've studied him all your life. And I know that you guys think you know God because you've been listening to what these characters have been saying. But I'm here to tell you that God has enough. He has enough. And I honestly, I think God is saying to this house today, enough is enough. It's enough. It's enough. I'm here today to tell somebody, whether you recognize it, realize it or not, you are, you are one of two people in that story. You're either the younger son or the older son. And we all think we know God. But today, God is wanting to reveal himself. Because if you're like me, you grew up in church, been around church for, for years. Listen, God is wanting to reveal himself anew to us today because some of you in this room think that God has enough for someone else, but he doesn't have enough for you. You understand grace, but you just don't know how grace fits into your story because you've been a character. 
half the people that, not half, all of the people who wrote this Bible were characters that we probably wouldn't have said should be writing the Bible. (laughs) Christian killers, disobedient servants, and God still chose to use them. Like God is still trying and choosing. He He drew you here because he still wants to use you. He doesn't care about your story. He wants to use your story to tell his story so that you can help somebody along their journey clean up their story. I can't repeat that if I tried. You have to go back and listen to the podcast, but it's true. Just not that smart as a whip. I can only take the download as he gives it. Now, of course, we don't say that out loud. God, you have enough for them, but you, how, how, could you, how could there be enough for me? We don't say it out loud, but in our mind, we think things like, God has enough to fix their marriage, but there's no way. I just don't feel confident that he can fix my marriage. I know that he can heal them of cancer, but I just don't know. I don't really know if he can actually heal my grandfather of cancer. He has enough to get their kid off the street, but I'm not so sure that he has enough to get mine because mine has really been a character. God has enough to help them with their addiction, but I'm just, I've just been praying hard. I just keep finding myself on that website. Don't matter how many password protection, I still find a way to get there. He can heal them of their addiction, but I'm not so confident that he can help me with mine. What Jesus is saying to us today is contrary to popular belief, our God is enough. He has enough. And our God has unlimited resources. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited, everybody say unlimited, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. There's that word, his unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Do you know that God has enough not just to bless that group of people, but he has enough to bless your group of people. He has enough not just to bless their family, but he has enough to bless your family. He ha- he, it's not that he has just enough to fix their issues, but he's got enough to fix your issues. It's not just that he has enough to take care of them. He has enough to take care of you. Amen. Our God has enough. Amen. All right, so, <clears throat> man, I'm about to lose... Not today, devil. (laughs) I want to talk to you just for a few moments. Are you still with me? I want to talk to you for just a few moments about the enough that he has. And I want to give you a couple points, and then we're going to go home, and we're going to eat salad and chicken. (laughs) I took Connor, because last week Amy had a prior uh, appointment after church, so anytime that she... uh, Ha- that happens to her schedule. We we try to go to this place called Yamato's in Ocala because um, she doesn't really like Yamato's. So we take every opportunity. What's this have to do with the message? Absolutely nothing. And so it actually does. But and so we went down to Ocala and uh, normally Daddy gets fillet, fillet and shrimp. That's just what I like. I don't mind paying a little extra because I don't want no fat on the, on that meat. I, I just, you know digestive issues, but. And texture issues. And so, so Ansley sitting next to me. What does she order? You know, filet mignon. Daddy got shrimp and chicken. 
She looks at me, said, Dad, this is, um, I kid you not. I don't even think she was kidding. Man, this is the best. It is so tender. You want a bite? No grace. We go on. She goes, hey, I'll trade you a piece of this for one of your shrimp. I was like, you can have a shrimp, but stop. (laughs) The enemy always looks for ways to tempt you. He did it to Jesus. We'll get there in just a moment. And if he tempted Jesus, who are we to think? And a lot of times we don't, we, it was grace. It was Ansley grace. But it's also the enemy. If we're not careful, even through sly jokes, it can be the enemy trying to tempt us just to see if you really mean. Won't nobody know? Ain't nobody from the church here. The Holy Spirit knows. Instead of worrying about grieving everybody else and what they think about you, maybe we should get concerned with grieving the Holy Spirit and what he thinks. So let's talk about the enough that he has. I got 10 minutes. Let's do it. Point number one, he has enough to feed you. So I said, that's a weird point. It's exactly what he said. I have enough to feed you. I want to talk about appetites. Jesus is telling us right in this text, he said, kill the calf that we've been fat, fattening. We've got to kill this thing that we've been preparing even though he wasn't here. To me, that sounds like faith. I don't know about y'all. I'm preparing for something that's not even happened yet. I can't see it. Don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm preparing. He might not even know why he was preparing. Ever been there in your life? Don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but God knows. Don't know why you showed up at Walmart, but God knows. God knew why we showed up last week at Yamato's because there was, a, there was a pastor from another country. It was clear because they were speaking another language and he spoke broken English. And it was him, his wife, and another lady. And, I, and, and, and as we're talking, he said, um, he introduced himself as a pastor and something inside of me, it's called the Holy Spirit. He said, you need to get their meal. All three of them. I went 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 10, 20. That's what I was, I was doing the math. And I was like, yeah, but God, what if he's not, what if he's not, um, what if he's, a pa- I don't even know where he pastors. I could be the satanic church of Ocala. I don't know. But that's what the Holy Spirit said. And I, I drew back. And as we prepare to finish our meal, he looked across the table after the cook goes away. And he says, thank you for your acceptance. He said, this has been the best experience. He said, you've been such a blessing to be at our table and for us to be in your midst. He don't know who I am. I haven't. I have not dropped the pastor card. And in that moment, God said, any more proof? You need more proof? You need more proof. Talking about withholding. Withholding. I don't know why we went to Yamato's. Now I know. And I almost missed that part of the story. I'm trying to tell you, God is setting you up. And so, so, so when the lady comes back and he's, she's addressing everybody at the table, how are the checks being split? I said, ma'am, I've got all of theirs. And clearly they were already seated. We were not part of their group. And the wife's like, no, 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 no. She elbows the husband. He says, no, I buy your meal. I said, no, it's been a blessing for us to be at your table. I'm buying your meal. And I said, I'm a pastor. And I said, I know what you do to serve people. And God wants to bless you today. I don't know this cat. I don't know, I don't know him. We looked up his service on, on YouTube because he showed us all of his links and stuff. And it was all in Spanish. <laughs> and what did he say, Grace? He said, Span- where's Grace? 
He said, didn't he say something about Spanish? You can, it's probably one of the fastest languages to learn. He said that and then dropped in so that we could understand his service. I said all that to say not, I can't tell your story, but I can tell mine. I'm not bragging on what we did. I'm saying, are you, do you understand that you may think you're going to a restaurant because it's your plan, but God has another plan? And then once he reveals his plan, are you going to be obedient to actually fulfill what he's asking you to do? It's a decision. A decision that you make that brings forth the power and manifestation of a breakthrough in your life. Somebody say, I'm having a hard time in mind. Be there for somebody else's breakthrough and watch God pick the pieces up and put your story back together. There's the son. He's in the pig pen, and what they're eating looks good. I don't know about you, but from what I gather and understand, the stuff you feed pigs is stuff you wouldn't even give to your dog. Matter of fact, it's not even what you would give to your worst neighbor's dog. But what happened? Because of his appetite, the thing that he would once never look at and go, man, that looks so good became tasty to him. It was his appetite. Let me put it into perspective. Some of you would never, ever do a one-night stand, but because of your appetite of being lonely, you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Appetite. You don't normally go to those questionable websites, and you look at that stuff, and you stay there longer, but because of your appetite, it's got you looking at things that you normally wouldn't look at. It's not an issue With only one thing, it's an issue with your appetite. What are you feeding? The dog that you feed will be the dog that leads. I don't usually cuss people out, but I keep showing up at Walmart. I got this appetite. Where's the appetite come from? It comes from the things you listen to. Words you probably would have never said hit, the, hit your tongue so fast. Why? Because it produced, because you were listening to a certain music. You watched a certain, you, you paid somebody else. You, you may not do it, but you're going to pay somebody else to do it and, and, and entertain you. And it produced an appetite. Do you know what the very first sin of humanity was based around? I'm talking about the garden, Adam and Eve. It was based around an appetite. Think about it. They're in the garden, naked, feeling no shame. And, 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 and God said, you can have this beautiful garden. You can have everything in the garden except this one tree. Amen. Don't eat of this tree. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent slides, slides in. In today's terms, it would be he slid in to her DM. Direct messages for those who aren't socially media savvy. He, he jumped in and he said, did God really say that you'll die? She said, yeah. He said, don't touch it and don't eat it. First of all, God did not tell Adam not to touch it. How we will make things and put things in God's mouth, he never said when we distance ourselves from him. He did not say do not touch. He said do not eat. Appetite. And because of her appetite, she ends up making a decision that separated her from God. 
It's your decision that separates from you from God. Not because he looks down on you because of what you're doing. It's the decision you made that caused you to be separated from God. God hasn't went anywhere. All he's asking, if you feel like you're alone and you're, all he's asking is for you to move back. You make the first move. He's done all he's supposed to do. The cross was enough. The religious people knew a lot about appetite. When, when Jesus uh, 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 went into to wilderness to, for prayer and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, it was the very first temptation that the enemy brought to Jesus himself. It was all wrapped up in appetite. What did he say? If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And what Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, we love as the church, I don't survive on all of that. I survive on the word of God. But what you missed was, he did not say you can't have bread. He said you can't have bread alone. Let me show you what I mean. You need acceptance. God is saying, I put that in you. You want to be loved? You want to get married? I put that in you. You want to be successful? I want you to be successful. You want to buy a Louis Vuitton bag? You want to buy the big house? Somebody say, Louis, what? You, you, you want to drive the nice car? Do all that stuff. Just don't let that appetite supersede your appetite for God. Now, somebody say, Bradley, you are in the South, and we, not all of us know what a Louis Vuitton, Vuitton what? I can't even pronounce the road that you buy them on. It's Rodeo Drive. I went to Cali talking about Rodeo Drive. So let me break it down where you're at and where we're at. You want to you be in on the, the, the in crowd or the in hunting club? You want to golf with the in group? Nothing wrong with that. But don't let your appetite and your desire for those things supersede your appetite and desire for him. Whew. I know what y'all are seeing, but what I see in the spirit is freaking me out right now. Because I see, I see, there's a, if I was to rip open the, the, the windows of, of the spirit world right now, what I see is God and the devil, bam, bam. That's what I see going on right now. Y'all, y'all are just in here for a message. But what I see going on is all of the punches that the enemy, the cheap shots, the enemy's been knocking on you. I see God going, bam, I have enough. Bam, I have enough. Say it again, Bradley. Tell him that I'm enough. He has enough to feed you, number two, but he also has enough to clothe you. He has enough to clothe you. In the text, the father said, quick, go get the finest robe. The finest robe was the father's robe, meaning it was taken out of his wardrobe. It's always the best thing in the house because the best thing in the house always comes from dad. He said, get the finest robe. What he was saying was, you get my robe. What you're saying, B, God has enough to clothe you. What's the big deal about a clothing? Let me tell you. So glad you asked. Two things. Clothing does for us. It covers. Every one of us got up this morning and got dressed, put some clothes on, covered up areas we didn't want anybody else to see. There's even clothing at little stores in Gainesville called Victoria's Secret that we use. <laughs> Amen. That we use. That we use to. Listen, that we use to cover up. Listen, listen, don't, don't, don't anybody just, just follow me. Keep your head in this game right here. 
that we use to cover up private areas that we don't want anybody else to see. And what do we do? We use things to cover up what we don't want anybody else to see. We worship not for him, but so that everybody else will think we're covering ourselves up. We want, listen, the thing about Adam and Eve, when, when they ate of the fruit, they recognized they were naked and they went and got fig trees. I guess it was called Eve's secret. I don't know. <laughs> Pastor jokes, sorry. And they went and got fig trees and they covered themselves up. The only problem with the covering that they chose is that in a couple days, how many knows that once you pull the leaf from the branch, it withers and dies? Amen, hmm? Amen. What's he saying? You can cover up, but it's not enough. But he has enough. He has a robe that he wants to cover you with today. Let me get to the end. Let me get to the end. Oh, my gosh, let me get to the end because I know what's coming. Their clothing was not adequate. We worship louder to cover up the fact that we, don't, we haven't been in our Bible lately. I'm just giving you some notes and thoughts that the Holy Spirit gave me. We try to use success as a cover-up to show everybody that our family is actually doing better than, it's, than it really is. Oh, we have a lot of nice things. But we're really not married. We're just two people living in the same house. Business transaction. I buy my kids everything to cover up the fact that I really don't even know how to be a dad. We spend our entire lives just covering in closing. Genesis chapter 3, 21 says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skin for Adam and his wife. He went and killed something. And then he took the skin of that animal and he covered them. There was a sacrifice that was made to cover them because their covering was inadequate and it was not enough. What Jesus was saying in this story when he was telling the story of the religious people and the sinners, he was foreshadowing the fact that God is going to do the same for both of them. There will be a sacrifice. And it's his righteousness that covers my sin. But clothing doesn't just cover. Number two, clothing gives identity. Don't believe it? You can go to one store and buy the same black black t-shirt for $9.99. You go to another store on Rodeo Drive. And the same t-shirt now is sold for $85 to $185 just because of the label. We cover up and put labels on ourselves. I don't want to be a church of cover up and labels. That's why I'm quick to say. It may say Release City Church outside the door. But it's not about Release City Church. I may be the one that God chose to use in this season to lead. But it's not about me leading. I've come today to tell somebody that the garment that God provides through the sacrifice of his son can't be bought on Rodeo Drive. You can't drive it off a car lot. It comes through the blood-stained rags of Jesus. And when you put on that garment, it does, it does something that nothing else can do. Isaiah 61.10 says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Listen, when I read this story this week, it hit me. It hit different. It hit different. Luke 15.22 For his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Why did the father run to his son when he saw him from a long way off? Why did he run? 
I just look at it this way because he didn't want anybody else to see the condition that his son was in. Why? Because everyone else would then see he smells like his decisions, he looks like his bad decisions. Oh, I'm just, I'm just talking about how, why we don't want to come to church. Because you'll know where I've been, you'll know what I lit up before I walked in here. Because it smells like skunk. Why not? Man, when I take my dogs out early in the morning, it smelled like there was a skunk party going on in my backyard. Somebody in my neighborhood. Let me just stop. I'm telling you because it's real. You may feel good for a moment, but hell is hot for eternity. Yes. Well, will smoke and send you to hell? No, but it'll smell like you've been there. Amen. Bam! Take it, devil. Just let me in there a little bit. Just let me have a little bit. Let me have a swing. I'm tired of watching people that God has a call on their life. I'm tired of watching the enemy go, pull them back and pull them back and pull them back. And we don't see them for a year. I'm tired of it. It's time to start moving stuff out of the way and go, it's been too long. It's been too long. Why did the dad run? Because he wanted to get to him first. Because the father could see he was unrecognizable. And he knew he smelled like his past. What was so important about the robe? The father knew if he could get to him first and put the garment on him, by the time he made it home, they would not be able to identify him and where he's been. That's why, that's why, that's why he, probably not a good idea, but it's okay. Pastor's out of shape. Come here. He wanted to put the robe on him so that he looked like he did when he left the house. The father will always cover. He will always cover. I don't know who I'm talking to today. The Holy Spirit of God, the Father wants to give you a robe of righteousness, a robe of right standing. Listen, he wasn't a stranger, he was a son. And whom the son sets free, free indeed. Free indeed. Point number three, and I'm done. He has enough to believe in you again. I'm standing here today because there was enough for God to believe in me again. He drew you here today for you to hear these words. I have enough and I believe in you again. The story wasn't about the younger son. It wasn't about the older son. This story was all about the father 
and letting both characters know I have enough and today God wants to cover you with his robe of righteousness so if you're here today with every head up and every eye open and everybody looking around I'm sorry if this if I'm listen I don't know where you're living I don't know how your walk is and frankly I do not care because he don't care I'm just going to be honest regardless if you're the prodigal today or not when we all came in here I just believe that the angels in heaven rejoice because they also saw what you went through this week and the fact that you still made it here Well, it sounds like you're trying to rewrite scripture. Mm -mm. Bible says there's a cloud of witnesses. My dad, he's not dead. He's just not here. Can't see him, but I will again. But he's cheering us on today. If there's one statement that my dad has probably said a million times to probably every person that allowed him the opportunity to talk to, he would tell them, I believe in you. And I hear our Heavenly Father saying those words today, I believe in you. So if you're here today, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I'm running with the robe today. And I'm ready to cover you up. It's been to be a bold one right here. Bold move. I know, it's 1209. Bold move. If you want to come back home today, I'm going to invite you to come and stand right here with me. I said bold move. I'm doggone shaking. Bold move. You're tired of running? You're tired of the devil messing with you? And you want to be covered? Ain't nobody going to ask you what you're doing? I do not care. People, 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 I can't believe y'all let so-and-so in that church down there. At, at, well, it was Forward Church at the time. I can't believe, do y'all do know how they're living? If they can't come to church, where are they supposed to go? Bubba's? Is that what it's called? Sorry. I got a different appetite. My job is not to uncover and expose you. My job is to cover you. That's your job for every person in Cover. Cover. Love covers a multitude of sin. That's why it's easy, because I love you. If you're here today, on the count of three, I don't care if it's one. I know. I, I already know. I know. But I'm going to be obedient. If you're here today, you're tired of running, and you want to come home. You're tired of the thoughts, the, 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 all, the, all the mental challenges, and all, all those. You want to come home. On the count of three, all we're going to do is we're going to pray for you. And I believe that the heaven is, that they're, they're, the, the cloud of witnesses, they're standing on the edge right now. On the count of three. One, 
One, two, three. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He will not embarrass you. best decision the best decision you can make you just made it you just made it you saw a lot of activity up here but that's because there was a lot of activity there was a lot of activity in the spirit realm there was a lot of warring going on during that message there was a lot of warring going on before I ever walked up on the platform. There was a lot of warring going on before I ever laid my head on my pillow last night. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. Best, best decision. Best decision. You know. You know. You know. I already told you. I believe in you. Dennis Weber, coach, dentist, doctor, whatever. He believes in you. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. The very best decision. Best decision. Why are you saying it? I'm confirming it. It's what he said. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. The best decision. Best. I hear that voice, Bradley Weber, don't do anything to embarrass me. And did I? No. Did God? No. Best decision. Best decision. And best decision wipes away any other decision. Best decision. It's called blood decision. It's called I'm clothed decision. So I'm going to say, I'm I'm saying nothing best decision probably the greatest tug of war you've ever ever experienced in your life you've been a part of tug of war rope is snapped in Jesus name best decision best decision best decision best decision so father right now in the name of Jesus father I anoint every person in the name of Jesus father they do not belong to the enemy they belong to you and I believe that you have something good in store father thank you for the best decision best decision so father from the top of her head to the soles of her feet Devil, we put you on notice. I'm not praying to the devil. I'm letting him know he has no power. Your attachment is broken. 
Father, I thank you that you're dispatching angels right now. On her rear guard and on her front and all around her angels, Father, protecting her. That her steps from this day forward will be ordered by you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, why are you saying his name? Because it's the name, that's the only name that matters. It has the power to cover anything else that's going in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, full recovery in Jesus' name. I speak healing peace and comfort from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in Jesus name and whatever has been she's been holding on to will be released now in Jesus name because of a decision never the same best decision in the name of Jesus 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 it is no coincidence that you showed up today he is preparing you for greatness he is preparing you for the next stage he's preparing you for the next step stay surrendered you're God's point man your soon-to-be family oh you're already in the family but you are now his he is positioning you to be point man protector guardian he's anointed you and he's calling you now every sacrifice Every choice, every decision that you've made to remain in right standing with God, He approves, He sees you, and it matters. Continue to make wise choices. And don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're alone in the step. God is with you. God is for you. And He is all you need, and He is enough. You already started making, right here, right here, this just me and you, this just me and you. You already started making wise choices before you showed up today. I know that. You know that. Yes, people want to remind, I don't know anything else other than this. People want to remind you of the steps and places you've been and the choices you've made. But what God is doing, where's my jacket? Where's my jacket? But what God is wanting to remind you right now, you are... covered you are covered covered best decision don't stop I'm proud of you and I believe in you the devil is a lie and every thought that doesn't come from God or every thought that you know does not line up with what you've heard according to God's word is a lie do not entertain it. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision. Best decision our family made. 2014. Loading up a U-Haul. Moving back home. 
best decision. One of the best decisions. Because I get to see you win. I get to see you win. You're a winner. You're the head and not the tail. And I don't know who this is for. When the enemy tells you that you're over your head, you remind him he's under your feet. Huh? When the enemy tries to convince you and entertain thoughts in front of you that you're in over your head, this was not, it was okay, it was an okay decision, whatever. You're in over your head. Devil, you're under my feet. Because I believe that God has something good. He made me a promise. And I believe it won't stop now. We're just starting. We're just starting. So, Father, we seal all of this as they prepare. Father, we seal this entire service. God, it was, it was you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. 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 That you cover us. You don't expose. Love never exposes. It covers. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City, or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.